listening to Hawk Talk, the official podcast of Monmouth University Athletics. Here are your hosts, Eddie Acapinti and Greg Viscomi. Hello, welcome to another episode of the Hawk Talk podcast, the official podcast here of Monmouth University Athletics. Happy to have you along with us again. Eddie Acapinti here with you and can't do a show without my guy who runs the board, who runs the show. And Greg Viscomi, how you doing, man? I'm good. I'm good. I'm really pleased with our first episode and people, we've gotten some good feedback on it. And um, so I'm excited that that here we are, number two and, and another great guest. Another great guest. Also, there's another great podcast out there, too. We can't start our podcast without plugging. You know, it's very Mammoth Digital Network. It's very us. To If we're going to jump into something, you don't just jump into no. it a little bit. You jump into it all right. in. And you have to download both, our podcast and the King and the Badger podcast right now as well. I, I know that one probably because of the great artwork surrounding it. But <laughs> I know that one's picking up a whole lot of steam, and everyone's excited to hear what you and I and what King and Gary have to say. Yeah, definitely. I would like and subscribe to both of those. Uh, the episode two of episode one for King and Badger uh, was Justin Robinson, and he was awesome to reconnect with, just a great alum and a great player. But episode two is uh, George Pappas, and I sat here and, and, and engineered it, recorded it, and it was a really good look at George and, and how he got to, to Monmouth and, and his decision to come back after, you know, play his fifth year. It's it's really good, and then obviously it's humorous because King is involved and, uh, you know, Gary's sitting there just trying to navigate the lunacy. Um, but it was awesome. It was good. So definitely check that one out too. Make sure you subscribe, rate, and review to both of those podcasts available wherever you get podcasts. Uh, we're so excited here on our uh, most recent episode here of, of Hawk Talk to catch up with uh, one of the newest members of the Mammoth Hawk family in, in women's basketball head coach, Ginny Boggess. And before we really get to coach, you know, Greg, it's been so interesting and fun to watch this program in such a short amount of time evolve into one that is competitive and fun. And you can just see it on the court. We talk at length with Ginny about this, but what she's been able to do as we kind of look at the success that they've had already, you know, already a bunch of, you know, non-conference road wins, starting Mac play with a great win at Iona. Uh, it, it, it's been nothing short of remarkable, I think, to see what they've done. Yeah, a hundred percent. And and don't forget, they're still doing it in the era of COVID and there's some challenges that, that, that obviously, um, you know, provides for the, for the team to have to kind of overcome and they're doing an awesome job. And, and you'll get from our, our talk with Jenny, how, how awesome um, she is and her assistance and they're just doing things the right way and kind of her journey to, to, to Monmouth. And um, it's just exciting. They're six and four as of right now, the next time they play is January 1st. This podcast will come out before then, or it might get fired. Um, but <laughs> It's just, it's a great conversation with a great woman. And I really, really, really couldn't be happier with the leadership that our women's basketball team has. Their counterparts on the men's side, 10 and two start. It's the best start to a season in Monmouth basketball history, which is saying something. Nine non-conference wins, eight non-conference games is also ties the most ever. It's, it's remarkable, the, the teams that they're equaling, what they're doing. And you just mentioned it. To do that in this era is really remarkable. It just shows the consistency. The players are you know doing what they need to do to be on the court, be competitive, play every night. The most recent win, an 11-point home win over a really talented Colgate team and talented Hofstra team coming in, you know, as well uh, before non-league pl- or excuse me, before league play starts on New Year's Eve and resumes with Marist. I, I don't know if uh, we're probably running out of accolades for how great this team has been through 12 games. It, it really, and, and I don't want to say it's come out of nowhere because it hasn't. We knew we'd had the pieces coming back, but to, I don't think there's a way to kind of talk about how impressive the seniors on this team have been. Shavar, Walker Miller, the two new pieces. Marcus McClary, George Pappas, you know, Nikkei Ruddy. 
it's just, it's unbelievable. There's so much fun to watch. I keep telling everybody, you know, I'm always, you know, constantly promoting all of our teams and telling people like if they have an interest in coming out, but I'm, I'm constantly putting on my social media and when I have conversations with people, uh, you know, you got to come out like tickets are cheap. Uh, it's a great arena. It's a great atmosphere. Uh, and the team is fun to watch. They play hard defense the entire 35, 40 seconds, whatever it is, changes every other year. Um, they play defense the entire time. You know, Coach Rice with that Carolina running gun, We, we there's a lot of fast breaks. There's a lot of dunks. We love putting up pull-up threes, and George is making them like yeah, 10 at a clip, it seems like. It's just it's a, it's awesome, and it's, it's a lot of fun. And their two losses are the first game of the year, a two-point loss to Charlotte on the road, and then I think a four- or five-point loss to – to St. John's at Carneseca. So uh, it's just, I can't say enough about them. And, and it's exciting that, you know, hopefully we, we wrap up against that, a tough Hofstra team with a win and then we're right into back play. Um, so it, it's, it's a fun time to be, to be a fan of the Hawks. And if you need any information to get to either the men's or the women's games, mammothhawks.com slash tickets has all of your information. There's also some great promotions on social media. We'll talk about a little bit later on uh, in this episode of Hawk Talk, but it, it is the holiday time, and it's a time where we're so excited to have, you know, basketball playing, and, you know, I know swimming is playing as well, and indoor track and field is going to start, but, you know, this time of year, you notice there's breaks built into a lot of teams' calendars, and those are for finals, and those are also for the holidays, and it's also kind of a time to reflect, to kind of sit back a little. It's been pretty crazy on every college campus when it comes to, you know, games and competitions and traveling and everything. So it's a a time for us to reflect, but you know, Greg, recently it was also a time for the student athletes here at Monmouth uh, as part of the MSAC group, the Monmouth student athlete advisory uh, committee to give back. And it was really remarkable to see they used to visit um, a school in ocean township for years. They couldn't do that anymore because of some of the restrictions Uh, facing some of our elementary and middle school students. So instead, they found another way to contribute and another way to give back. Yeah, it's just amazing. And um, if if you go on our social media channels and our our website, you can see some video and some recaps of it. But essentially, the the MSAC, uh, you know, they they donated, they collected and donated $3,000 from um, our student-athletes and our coaches, mostly our student-athletes, and picked a team, picked a school at the Aubrey Audrey, excuse me, W. Clark School in Long Branch. Uh, they got a wish list of, of some children who maybe, you know, don't get the best Christmases or don't get the Christmases that they deserve as as being children, and uh, went out and shopped for them and wrapped those gifts and then delivered them. And the big guy himself, Santa, made an appearance, or so I'm told. And I just couldn't be prouder that that we have kids. I shouldn't call them kids. We have young adults at this at this school that um, understand how they have it better than others and want to give back. And it really was fun to see. You know, we, we see these student athletes, more so the athlete, you know, because we're covering games and we're traveling around and we're interviewing them. But it's great to see the, the people that make up the term student athlete. And uh, John Askin from the men's soccer program is the MSAC president. Uh, the executive board represents and spans a variety uh, of Mammoth's 23 Division One sports that, that that group is comprised of. So like Greg mentioned, it's all over social media. Check it out on MammothHawks.com as well. But uh, what we're excited to do now is, is uh, we were able to sit down with Coach Bogus and we were able to, to not just talk hoops with Coach, but her story her journey and her experiences that led her to this point uh, and quite frankly having a ton of success early on in year one. Uh, we really enjoyed the conversation and we know you will too, Ginny Bogus, right after this here on Hawk Talk. One of the newest members of the Mammoth family and someone that you've already been introduced to on a variety of platforms. Great video interview that we were able to do. And whenever they win on ESPN, we're always happy to catch up with our guest today. And it's Mammoth women's basketball coach, Ginny Bogus. And, and Coach going to join us here on the Hawk Talk podcast. And Coach, how you doing today? I'm doing so good. Thank you guys for having me today. This is great. Oh, it's, it's a pleasure to be able to catch up. And, um, you know, we're pretty lucky because we get to see you and talk to you every day in the hallway. But we're, we're happy to bring this conversation to the listeners, to the Mammoth fans that are out there. And, you know, I, I think the success that the team has had so early on has been great. But that's not where I want to start. I want to start with how has, for you, been living in New Jersey so far? How's the Garden State been welcoming you uh, over here to the shore? The, the shore has been amazing uh, from my neighbors bringing cookies 
uh, to everyone here at Monmouth trying to help me find that home to uh, now I have I have my dry cleaner and I've got my pizza spot and I've got my car wash and all of the things that you know make a place really feel like home. Um, I just couldn't be more thrilled to to start something very special here at a place where we've been so embraced. Well, you've got the important things down, right? Pizza place, dry cleaner, and a great start to this season for the Monmouth women's team. And, and something that we all have really enjoyed watching is the energy and the positivity and the smiles around the program uh, that we've seen. And it's been really great to watch. And, and has this season started off? I, I mean, I know you have high expectations for yourself and for your program, but the way the season started, winning the MAC opener and and a great start to lead, you know to non conference play as well, does this even match your expectations for where you thought things would be through you know the first nine ten games of the year? I know by outside standards we're measured in wins and losses, uh, but when you take over a program that was in the the place that Monmouth women's basketball was, you really have to focus on building your culture every day. And if you start talking about wins and losses and get caught up in all of those things, you miss you miss a lot of the little wins that maybe don't equate in wins in the win column. So we just really tried to buy into that one year war that we um, that we developed as a staff, which was you know establish the toughness and discipline of our program, and then really implement our pace of play. And those are the things that we measure every single day. Are we executing scouts? Are we bought in? Are we out teaming the other team? And that's, that's what we've really tried to, to level set with, and that's what we've seen the most progress with, and we're really excited about where we're at right now. It seems like the, the thing that kind of steps off the screen if you're watching at home or, or you know, when we're live at the games, that the big difference is the attention to detail that this team has is so different than it was a season ago, and I know that's a direct correlation to the things that you talk about. Are you able to – I know you're so in it, right – possession by possession, but are you able to kind of step back and see that, that they, they are doing the little things better that is leading to more success at the end of games? Uh, you guys know me now, um, and, and as the Hawk fans get to know me better, I'm obsessed with details yeah. and, and perfection. I, I feel like that's probably why I got the opportunity to be in this seat, um, you know, as a player developer and as a recruiter. And so just wanted to carry that on. I uh, wanted to hire a staff that also exemplified those characteristics and those attentions to detail. And so um, – I think the thing, you know, we talk about the buy-in, like, just try it. Just try it. And then once you try it, we can go back and say, why would you do it any other way? Why would you not communicate on every ball screen? Why would you not find a body and box out and go get it so we can push pace? And so once you go back and you watch the – when we do it right, which we use a lot of film for teaching, uh, look how good we look when we do this. Uh, and then we'll show, you know, they're not so great. Why would, you know, why would we do it any other way but the, but the best way for us? And so they've bought into that. And the accountability among our women is really high. Like, hey, that was my fault. You know, I didn't talk early enough or loud enough. Hey, that was my bad. I, that was my box out. I got the next one. And so just creating a space where they're not afraid to fail and they can own their mistakes when they make them. Um, and it just really it, it creates a fun environment where everyone wants to be their best. You know, Greg, we've been here a kind of long enough to see across a variety of sports, a lot of coaches be here for a lot of years. You know, we're lucky. That's one of the great things. And I know, Coach, that you talk about that here at Monmouth. But when we see a coach come in and kind of fit in to the culture of the university and the, and the department and still be able to be herself, it's really been fun. And, and this is just the beginning of our journey with Coach Bogus, but it's been really fun to watch. Yeah, definitely. And that's something that uh, Director of Athletics Jeff Stapleton and I, you know, we talked about is is when we're hiring people for positions, um, fit is so important. You know, pedigree is important, but will this person fit in the mammoth culture? Will they do things like come to Christmas parties during non-COVID years? Will they come to other people's events? Will they uh, support other coaches and understand that your your team is not in a silo? And that, and that's something that has been preached since I started here 16 years ago. And Marilyn McNeil, our previous director of athletics, was very big on that. And just kind of carried that along. And, and I would say, you know, Coach Bogus and is, is done a, a terrific job of, of meeting that culture and raising that culture. And she's got other coaches in the department that are talking about women's basketball in a way that they haven't talked about at Monmouth in, in 10 years. They're excited uh, you know, she's got an approachable staff that are, that are really nice and, um, fun to work with. And, uh, that goes a long way. You know, it's, it's like a, it's almost like a, a family here. It's like, you know, the new kid that moves into a high school and, and, and coach E. Hall and coach Callahan and coach Rice for 11 years. And, 
you know, Coach Figlio and Coach Turner and blah, 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 I can go on and on and on, have been here for so long that I'm sure it's intimidating to walk in this building and be like, hi, I'm new. Uh, I know our team isn't very good, but we wanted to get excited for us, and, and they've done that, and, and they've, they're six and four at, at the time we're taping this podcast, so obviously it's it's working. You know, Ginny, one of the things that when we sat down with Jeff, like Greg mentioned, Greg asked him you know, about this specific program and his first hire as the athletic, as the, as the athletic director, which was you, and he brings up points in that that I, I'd like to kind of get your thoughts on, you know, and he mentions the part in your interview where you got to meet with the other Mammoth head coaches and, and the women's head coaches in the department and kind of, you know, talk to them about their experiences, have them lob questions at you and, and vice versa. Is that unique in the process going through it, going through interviews? And, and clearly that went well and worked well because of how seamlessly you have, as Greg said, fit into this family. That was a big moment for me. Um, I think, you know, when you're assessing an institution and an opportunity, you know, you obviously want to go somewhere where you can be successful. Um, having grown up in a really small town, community is everything to me. And so knowing the women that I met on that call, which was the, which is the other female head coaches, um, knowing that they were going to be so supportive, knowing that the questions that they ask drive kind of their core values, you could see instantly that they were player first coaches, um, that they were community coaches who just really wanted women's basketball to be successful. That meant a lot to me. And honestly, you know, I, I haven't interviewed for a lot of head coaches, um, head coaching positions. This was the second one. Um, was very choosy in my process in selecting opportunities that I wanted to pursue. But when you when you get off a call with you know champion after champion after champion after champion, and you feel that they genuinely want your program to succeed and that they want to be proud of women's basketball at their institution, that meant the world to me. And I was interviewing Monmouth too. You know, inter Monmouth was interviewing me. I was interviewing Monmouth. Could I succeed here? Would I be in a place where my peers would propel me? Would uh, Iron sharpens iron is one of our core values in our program. Who who are going to be the people sharpening me every day? And I was so grateful when I met Dr. Leahy, when I met Jeff um, and, and these other head coaches here, men's and women's, um, that I knew I was going to be in a place that I was going to be lifted up. And that was really important to me. You mentioned a small hometown introduced the Monmouth fans to Hamlin, West Virginia. Oh, good old Hamlin, West Virginia. A town of 1,100, a high school graduating class of 43 in a public school, and uh, couldn't imagine growing up anywhere else. Uh, my high school coach snuck me keys to the gym and a, a key to the padlock on the sound system, and so everybody knew when my red Ford Ranger was out front <laughs> of the gym uh, that I was in there working on my game and working on my craft, and you know, I played noontime ball on Sundays after church with all the old guys in our town from the state farm insurance agent to the local judge. And, you know, that that shaped who I am today. My high school coach was the most competitive woman I've ever met and allowed me to be that every day and, and, and led me and mentored me. And I just had a lot of people looking out for me that wanted me to succeed and, you know, sponsored girls basketball camps that led to my first scholarship offer, all of those things that we're community, we're in our small towns, and, you know, it, I see all of those things here in Monmouth of, like I said, lifting each other up, supporting each other, encouraging each other, and wanting each other to really succeed at a high level. You mentioned, and I, I want to kind of circle back to this, because I, you mentioned your staff and how important it was to have them come in. Can, can you talk about how you selected them and, and what each kind of one of them brings? Because we talk a lot about, uh, football coaching, offensive coordinators, defensive coordinators, position coaches. We talk, obviously, Coach Rice has a pretty accomplished staff. Everybody knows some of the names on his bench, Jamal Meeks, J.R. Reed, et cetera, Jiggy James. Um, but but introduce some of your staff and, and why. It doesn't have to be long, but and why you brought them to Monmouth to be part of your first gig as a head coach. Yeah, well, we'll start with Allie Sanders, um, who, who was – technically the first hire, uh, we worked together at Marquette and at Penn State. And um, she was my right hand in recruiting, so kind of the, the assistant to the recruiting coordinator at both places, did some video stuff and worked her way up. But we are just so aligned in our values, both extremely high energy. Um, she exemplifies the, the care that I want the assistant coaches to, to put into our team. And she just really believes in relationships and investing in our team and in recruiting. 
Um, she's a great relationship builder. She understands what I expect as far as the attention to detail, which we talked about earlier, uh, the social media presence that I want our staff to have. And obviously, Greg, your team has been really supportive um, in showcasing us from that front. But she just – I didn't have to, to teach or train somebody. She already knew everything because we had done it together for three years. And um, she had gone on to take an assistant position at LaSalle. So that experience was invaluable. Um, she got to grow in her confidence there and do some things and learn from that staff, which is a really great staff. So that was an easy decision for me. Um, first call I made, and she was on board right away. So her, her family is my family, and I'm excited to do this and build this with Allie. She came in at Marquette our fifth year and um, got to experience kind of what the pinnacle looks like. And, and so we talk all the time about doing it together from the ground up. Um, and then I knew I wanted, I wanted an X's and O's player developer um, that was, you know, a, an experienced player at a high level that maybe had played pro or gone on to the WNBA. And so Angela Barrett came across the desk. She had worked for Meg G at Columbia, who's a good friend of mine. And I knew Angela from a distance, but didn't know her that well. Um, reached out to Harper at, at um, Coppin and said, uh, would you mind if I gave Angela a call? Instantly, instantly knew she was exactly what I wanted. Extremely intelligent basketball player. Um, that doesn't always translate to a good coach, as we know, but she just gets it and is able to communicate and lead our team in a way that, that is even more impressive than I hoped it would be. She's an exceptional scouter. Um, she's a really good in-game coach, and she's, like I said, a great player developer. So for our team to have her and for me to have her to look to for, for solutions and for answers, she's been fantastic. And then the final piece was Sean Baer. Um, he was our video and analytics guy at Penn State. We think differently in the best possible way. Um, you know, I'll pose the question, what, what ball screen defense should we be in right now? And he's like, who are we playing? Who's in? Who are they guarding? You know, it's never just a flighty answer. He's mm. very well thought out, very detail-oriented, and uh, he's really done a great job with analytics, helping me nail down who to play with who, what to run, when and where. And um, he, he's just generally a, a stand-up guy. He's got a great sense of humor. Um, he's done an exceptional job in recruiting and building relationships and leaving no stone unturned. And um, I, I, we're all so different, but that was intentional. You know, we can't have all the energy that Allie and I have every day. We all can't be calm, cool, and collected like Sean and Ange. And so I just think it's a good blend for our team. I think everybody comes from a background um, that's so different from one another that someone on our team resonates with one of the staff members are like, hey, that path is like mine, or I'm going through this right now. And so I feel like that's been a good piece in our relationship building and our trust building with this team. I hope the listener really understands what Coach just said. To, to articulate it the way you did, to have a staff that there is familiarity, that there is new you know new personalities that, that you're still getting to know, and have all those different backgrounds and experiences. Uh, I was learning as you were talking. That was fascinating to hear intentionally how you did it to get all those opinions in the room, to be able to have those conversations, coach. That, that's really interesting. Yeah. And I, I threatened him on the first day in, in the best possible way. Like, don't ever be afraid to come to me with something like, don't, don't ever be afraid to tell me that I was wrong or that there's a better way. And, um, you know, I, I didn't hire them to tell me yes all the time. You know, I, I genuinely wanted people that would challenge me and challenge each other. Um, they laughed because I was I just was in their seat, you know, 18 years as an assistant coach. I was very cognizant that they all three get along. They work more closely, honestly, day in and day out. And here at Mammoth, they share an office. Um, and so I wanted to make sure that the three of them had, had good chemistry. And, uh, again, I, I feel very fortunate to have all of them with us. So the staff that you put together now for year one, but I think we need to look back again. And, and you and I were able to catch up. Um, you know, before the season and do a great video interview. But but the experiences that you have that now you can share with this staff as a program builder at the places you mentioned, at Penn State, at Marquette, you know, you know, great success. And we'll look at some of those other uh, previous assistant jobs that you had because you're not a stranger to the Northeast. You're just, you know, new to New Jersey. But mainly what were those experiences that you drew from State College, from up in Milwaukee that then kind of let you know, yeah, it, it's time I'm ready to lead my own program. Well, it's funny. I was I was rewatching one of our games, and and the announcer said uh, Jenny Bogus has been just about everywhere as an assistant. And I started laughing. I was like, man, when you start at the bottom, you got to climb. Uh, you got to climb. Hopefully, that announcer wasn't up. me, by the way. It wasn't you. It was okay, on the road. Good. It was great. I was like, well, thank you. I'll take that as a compliment. Um, yeah, started out 
a graduate assistant at Kennesaw State University, which was, at the time was a Division II program, ironically now in our in our football Ooh. conference here. I know. <laughs> Sorry. Um, pl- working for Colby Tilly, 700 wins, you know, as a, as a Division II coach. And, gosh, just taught me so much about sustaining culture, about being a professional, about, um, you know, carrying yourself well, about integrity. Um, but, you know, again, fast forward – to my time at Columbia, really, Stephanie Glantz, who was the associate head coach for KYAL for so many years, worked under Pat Summit at, at Tennessee. Probably that was the that was the job that elevated my thinking in, you know, how can I be the best recruiting coordinator in the country? How can I be the most detailed preparer uh, for official visits for my scout? And just really started competing with myself to be better. Um, and then, you know, Carolyn called and invited me to come to Marquette. Keegs is, gosh, Coach Keegs, I'm so grateful for all that I learned from her. Her preparation for everything from as simple to going to speak to a Girl Scout basketball clinic to, you know, her press conference when she got hired at Penn State. She's just so prepared for everything. If I can prepare at the level that she does um, or even come close, I'll, I'll, be, I'll be doing a pretty good job. But she just was committed to the process every single day. She pushed us. She pushed our team. She led from the front. You know, she didn't do – she didn't ask anything she wasn't willing to do herself. She was in the office with us every step of the way. Um, And so just have – we really were a team. You know, everyone asked me the biggest difference in in taking this – you know, the one seat over, the move the seven inches and all the cliches and taking the head (laughs) coaching job. Uh, What's the biggest difference? And when we were on the road recruiting this summer – because of how Carolyn led, it didn't really feel different because it always felt like we were just a team. And that's how I want to run my staff. Uh, and then making the jump to the Big Ten, I think, Eddie, that was really the the moment when I realized, you know, <laughs> it was great. Backtrack. Marquette, we, we go to Hinkle, and I'm like, oh, my gosh, we're in Hinkle. Like, Dad, I'm coaching at Hinkle. Like, we're, we're playing at Villanova against Harry Peretta, and we go to DePaul and Doug Bruno and all these legends and these amazing moments that 12-year-old Jenny Boggess never would have dreamed of, Right. Fast forward to the Big Ten, it's just basketball, and it's just people. And when I realized that, yeah, it's a high, it's a quote unquote higher level, um, you know, bigger, faster, stronger players, maybe more sophisticated schemes at times, but like it's just the game, and these are just kids. And 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 I realized that I think I'm ready for this. Um, but then still, I, I knew I had an amazing job. I had a great job at Penn State. I worked on an awesome staff. I was still learning and growing every day. Um, and, and, you know, our, our Hawk fans that have been listening in probably know I had a few jobs written down on a piece of paper, and this was one of them. And when it came open, I was really excited to see what, what would happen and if it was the right fit. And I got to be honest, that first call with, with Mr. Stapleton um, really, really hit it home. I knew that was somebody that I would want to work for and work with and that was wanted to be led by. Did you, did you know anything about Jeff? I mean, we talked about this when we interviewed him too, but he's got four daughters who play – basketball too in college um did you know that going in did anybody tell you that was it just something you found out during a conversation with him yeah they're in the preparation right (laughs) (laughs) yes I knew I knew a lot I was um I I stalked Jeff Stapleton and at the time Jen White Lawler right so I just um tried to know as much as I could but all of that kind of faded away when we got on the zoom because this is during COVID right we got on the zoom and I just really felt like I was having a conversation with somebody about my path, about their experiences. And um, at the time, honestly, I didn't know he was going to be named athletic director. No one did. Um, right. I, I gathered that that likely was the route Monmouth was going to go. But then eventually, um, when they offered to bring me on campus, I was like, hey, I'm not trying to overstep here, but who's going to be my boss? <laughs> <laughs> like, Jeff was like, just patience, please. And I was like, okay, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm picking up what you're putting down. So, um, no, they were extremely professional throughout the process. And and when we had that conversation and, you know, his knowledge of the Shore Conference and of girls basketball and of, of you know, being with Dr. McNeil here and building an elite culture, um, we were so aligned in our, in our vision and in our thinking. He asked me some really pointed questions about recruiting that probably only a dad with four daughters would – would be able to ask. And I was like, wow, you know, he really cares about our program and what we're going to do here. And so that th- those all were really, really positive, encouraging things for me. You let in with it. So we're going to ask about it. Obviously we, you, you recently spoke at the WOBM Christmas classic tip off breakfast and you did an awesome job. And, and, and just to watch so many coaches come up and talk to you and 
be excited. You're going to be expected to have a presence in the shore. It's, you know, girls basketball here is so big. Um, you obviously knew about the shore before you came here, shore, shore conference basketball. So how important is that into, into like, you know, your grassroots, not even from a recruiting standpoint, but just how important is it to have a presence in the community? Yeah, well, that's one of our one of our staples in our program, and we talk about it as a staff, is we want to grow the game. We want to grow the game where we are. Uh, we want to give young women, young girls, the opportunities that we had. We want to pay it forward. And so as soon as this nasty COVID bug gets out of here, uh, we'll be out a lot more than we are right now. Um, but we just – we want to give back, um, and I love basketball. If you're around me for any amount of time, uh, I love the game. I love camp. A lot, of, a lot of coaches, especially head coaches, are like, "Oh, basketball camp." I love camp. I get in there. We turn the music up. We have fun. We can we can play the game that we all love. And I want to um, give girls an opportunity to fall in love with the game the way that I did. And so that starts right here at home. That starts right here at the shore. Um, and fortunately, you know, there's already just a a love for the game here that is contagious and palpable. Um, but that does lead into recruiting, right? You know, you look at our roster now, we've got we've got a pretty solid New Jersey presence, and we want to keep that rolling. But we also want to keep the right players home, you know, players that want to be at Monmouth, that want to play in our system and our style, that understand what the magnitude of this degree can do for them for their future. And, um, you know, it's so much bigger than basketball when you're choosing a university, when you're choosing – a home for the next four years, and we always say for the next forty. Um, but yeah, if we can, if we can continue to rewrite, you know, the Mammoth women's basketball narrative and and play hard and play tough and have fun out there, then I think the right players will want to stay home from the shore. And five of them are on the roster right now, as Coach alluded to, including a, a recent guest of ours in Stella Clark, which was great to catch up with Stella and was such a pleasure to watch her play in high school. And I think that's been such a, a fun thing is, and by the way, there's a, a player from uh, my hometown, Little Tinton Falls, New Jersey action. Hey. I'm, I'm good with that. <laughs> but, but you know, Coach, when you see, you know, that core here and then a really good competitive group around him, you know, wh- what were the things uh, that – led you to believe, you know, in preseason, right? That, you know, yeah, this team does have what it takes. If they do, what kind of you and the staff is asking of them? What were the characteristics that when you took over, you saw with this group that let you know they were ready to, to learn and to, and to win? Well, yeah, the first thing that really struck me was they stayed. You know, in this, in this generation where it's really easy to get into the portal, you don't have to sit, all of those things, they all stayed. And that, that tells me, Two things, they love Monmouth and they love each other. And when you've got a group that loves each other, um, really good things can happen. That's the foundation. So then we had to come in and and establish and build trust. Um, And that's, as you guys know, very much a two-way street. Um, But they were so coachable. What? How do I fix that? What do you want me to do, coach? Was that good enough? Um, And just those questions that were coming from them and the eagerness to get in the gym and stay late and come early and – can I watch film? All of those things led me to believe very early on, like, okay, you know, if we continue to buy into the process and get a little bit better every single day, um, I have, <laughs> I have come from a tree of offensive minded head coaches. So, you know, we joke as a staff, did, did we ever think a Jenny Boggess led team would be winning based on their defense? Probably not. Um, <laughs> but we figured out pretty quickly that we've got some tough, gritty kids who want to defend, who will defend. And, um, so we just poured into that and tried to give them the best opportunity to, to be successful on the defensive end. And then as we know, then you can push pace and go. And that's what we want to do. And so now just coupling both of those things, kind of establishing our identity on the defensive end and, and buying into that. I knew, gosh, you guys, I told you before, I've been picked first, been on staff, picked first. I've been on staff, picked last. Um, none of that matters. We've got to get better every day. We've got to buy into the process. And, and I knew because of their commitment to each other and, and to the process that we would be okay. You know, Greg, I think it's so interesting to to hear Coach mention the the portal and kind of the instant gratification element to, uh, gosh, I sound so old saying this now, but to today's student athlete. But it's so true. But to hear that, you know, I, I think that that's a message we hear from a lot of the successful coaches here in, in the building. And it's been one that it doesn't matter what sport, what season, men's or women's, that's kind of, a you know, something that they all share in common. Yeah, definitely. And I, and I think – the fact that so many women choose chose to stay means that they thought that the leadership, I think, at Monmouth would make the right call for them. 
you know, there was a lot of meetings last year in that office up front, yeah. um, both good and bad. And, and it didn't stop when, when they had made the decision to move on from the old staff, the, the meetings kept happening. And when Dr. McNeil knew she was retiring, um, she kind of placed the, the trust of, you know, which is not a great secret. One of, you know, her favorite sports, her baby in that of Jeff Stapleton and, and Jen, Jen Lawler at the time. Uh, and the fact that all those women chose to stay knew that they believed in what Jen and Jeff were doing, the process, the applicants, the feedback that they were giving and getting. Um, and I, and I think that says a lot to, to those two individuals, um, that mama is in good hands. And obviously Jen, Jennifer decided to move on and, and we brought in a new Jen. Um, but I think it, it kind of, you know, I think that kind of just echoes the leadership and, and how good a job they did in, in courting these coaches and keeping players and, and obviously talking coach Boggess into leaving happy Valley to come to the shore. And it, it speaks to Jeff's, you know, awareness too. Like he's got two lenses he's looking through, right? He's got, so many years of experience of watching all these other teams be successful, all of these other head coaches, you know, coaches of the year, win championships, build these elite cultures that sustain success. And then he's got the lens of a dad. And that was that was my thinking going into this process is like, I've got to convey to Jeff Stapleton that he would want me to coach his daughters. And that was that was the lens that I was operating from. And that and that was authentically me. Like this is who I am. This is how I'm going to run our program. I am who I say I am. I'm going to do what I say I'm going to do. And that's always the scary part of bringing somebody in, right? Are they who they say they are? In recruiting for us as players, right, and for you guys hiring new leaders of your programs, are they who they really say they are, and are they going to do what they say they're going to do? And I think he got that feeling from me and from my background and the successes that I've been a part of that, hey, you know what? I would want her to coach my daughters. And that was that was huge for us. Now, Coach, you kind of led into something that, that I'd like to get into mentioning how, you know, what makes you, you, you know, and, and uniquely Ginny Boggess, right. And, and, oh and, Lord. <laughs> and, and, and the things that we're all learning about you and, uh, you know, kind of went mini viral, it kind of went viral a little bit, but, but on social media, you know, recently you had just a, a wonderful message of inclusion and your journey, um, personally, and that you felt finally comfortable or you felt comfortable sharing it in that platform. It was really, powerful and impactful to read those words and to see the photos, which are great photos, by the way, you know, going way back, but, but it's a great thread on Twitter. It, it really is. And, you know, just to get your thoughts, you know, on that, you know, the point that you felt comfortable enough to do that. And you're saying a lot of words and through the process of becoming now the head coach at Monmouth, I'm hearing a lot of those similar words and messages that in your journey have got you here. But but what led you to that moment and then to the point that you were comfortable, you know, kind of being so candid and sharing what you shared with the world? Yeah, no, all great stories begin with a flight delay at Newark, right? Where I was, I was sitting there waiting uh, for a retru- uh, career recruiting trip to Canada uh, and I was stuck in Newark. Um, we've all been there, right? So um I was just on Twitter scrolling around and I saw that it was national coming out day. And I was like, well, this is beautiful. You know, look at all these stories. And, and you, you know, then you just kind of go down the, wow, would this have happened five, 10, 19 years ago when I started coaching. And, um, as I was reading them, I was just like, oh my gosh, everyone loves my mama, Jenny story, who I was named after. Um, she was Jenny one. And, uh, and I just started typing and then I pulled out a photo of like little G, um, uh, and it just kind of went from there. And then I was like, oh man, I hope people don't perceive this as like a smash on my grandma or my family. Like it was, it just was. And then I was like, but there were also some really beautiful moments. I was like, gosh, I should share about my brother. Who's like the most amazing man. He's, he's my hero. He's my absolute best friend. He lives in LA. He's so woke. He makes me better every day. <laughs> sends me all this cool stuff that, that keeps me grounded and, and present and, somewhat up to date on current events. And so I shared that and then it just kind of went from there. And again, I didn't, I text Kristen, my partner, and I was like, should I tweet this? And she's like, Oh gosh, <laughs> that's, I mean, yes, if you want to, that's so unlike you. It's not that I've ever hidden who I am. I've just tried to always make it about the work, make it about the team. I never want to be a distraction of any sort. Um, and again, I shared a little bit earlier on that, it wasn't okay earlier in my career. Um, but now I'm here, um, 
in an incredibly supportive environment. I think it is our job as as leaders of these men and women to be vulnerable, to be transparent, to let them know that everything they're going through is just a part of their journey, um, that it is going to get better, um, just to keep showing up. And I think, you know, they see me just being a silly goofball, a big ham when I'm not intense coaching. And I think they're like, wow, you know, Coach B, that's cool that you shared you know, who you are and where you came from. You, you mentioned him briefly before, but talk a little bit about your dad and how, how important he is to you as a coach. He, he, he travels with you from job to job. He's at every game. Just get, give him a shout out big and, Jim. And, hit, and, and big Jim and how supportive he was in your decision to come out and, and talk about that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, you know, my dad is a Marine Corps veteran. I've, I've spoken about that pretty often. I'm a proud daughter of a Marine. Um, he talks a lot about life, liberty, and the pursuit. And, and, and he talks about the pursuit. That's, that's our job, right? That's our opportunity. Like it's on us to pursue it. And so he says all the time, you know, the, these are the reasons that we fought for our country and, he believes in, in freedom and in liberties and all of those things, but he also is a hopeless romantic as much as he is a big, you know, <laughs> Marine Corps dude. Uh, he's just a big teddy bear. Um, you know, your dad is, is always going to be your biggest fan, and so I'm so blessed to have him here with us. Um, unfortunately, 11 years ago, he was diagnosed with chronic leukemia and lymphoma, so he's got CLL. He's doing extremely well. Um, but when he does get sick, he gets really sick. So when he retired, he moved to live near us in Wisconsin, came to Penn State where he took up fly fishing and was, was living a very <laughs> good life uh, out there. And now he has completely fallen in love with the shore. Uh, he can tell you every diner from Asbury yes. Park all the way up to Seabright. Uh, and he's, uh, he's living the shore life and huge fan of the team. Um, quote, unquote, our girl Stella. Uh, as, he, as he calls her, uh, down the line with all the girls, you know, when Casey decided to come, he's like, Casey, you know, he just gets so excited, but he, he's a fan of, of me. He's a fan of Monmouth and just, you couldn't ask for a better, a better dad and the support that he gives. That's I awesome. knew there was something great about coach. There's some, if your father was in the, in the military, that's the key. That's why we bonded right away, Coach. <laughs> it's it's the, the one-liners, right? It's all the, the discipline one-liners. He tells me before just about every game, hey, don't blow it. <laughs> you know, so it's it's good. But, you know, the, all the lessons growing up, right? Don't do not do it till you get it right. Do it till you can't get it wrong. Um, you know, were you as prepared as you could be? You know, we talked that one of our second pregames uh, was, yeah, you can be as prepared as you want, but when your boots hit the ground, you got to win the war. And that's, you know, these are just lessons that I carry on with the team and lessons that I've lived throughout my life and um, have a good time sharing with, with our kids. And a good time sharing with our, with our listeners and, 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 and with us. This is, I, I love it. And, and coach, I, I want to kind of veer just a second now. And, you know, you were able to, to really open up to, to us about you and all, to all the Monmouth fans about what makes Jenny Boggish, Jenny Boggish. But now we need to go in a different path. And I need to you to, to tell the Monmouth fans what's one thing, maybe a talent of yours that, they don't know, and quite fr quite frankly, Greg and I don't know. Mm -hmm. But what's a talent of yours that we don't know that maybe we couldn't guess? What is? Yeah, exactly. Right, your shocked face is is a great start. I have no talents. There's no way. No one believes that. In there's the got to be something other than coaching basketball that you do well. I I appreciate that compliment. Um, <laughs> learning and growing every day. Ten games in. Uh gosh, guys, I don't know. I'm just. I can't sing. I can't really dance. <laughs> Um, there's a lot of dancing around your there's program. There's a lot of dancing. <laughs> a yeah, lot. Dance is joy, right? I mean, I, I, I do a lot it. Of singing I don't do too. it well. Um, yeah, I'm probably pretty decent on the grill. Um, okay. My staff would tell you pretty, there you pretty go. good. I can throw down on the grill. That goes back to, um, you know, my years as, uh, as the salad prep girl at Sagebrush Steakhouse. Uh, learning. <laughs> is <laughs> that in Hamlin? I waited tables events? for a lot of years. No, we don't have a sagebrush in Hamlin. That'd be amazing. Um, the, I've, the, I've never the heard nearest, of sagebrush. Yeah, the, exactly. Uh, <laughs> Neither have I. It's the yeah. pe throw the peanuts on the floor. That was in college. Oh, okay. Was in college. All right. Oh, all right. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Um, as soon as you said that, we were all like, "All right, we yeah, got it." We yeah, got, I got, got it. Got now. Okay. Um, no, that was that was my summer job in college. Um, I, I don't know. I so, can, 
I can jump off the boat without going underwater. Like my head never goes under. That's so bad. That's a terrible, but that's like one of my lifeguards. So you're not, like, do, you're not doing the pencil. I'm not, I can pencil too, but I can also choose to like. Interesting. That, that's, that's so bad. That's such a bad answer. No, it's no, not. The grill is the best part of the answer. What's your favorite thing to grill? Oh man. Steak. Of course. Nice. Of course. Um, Kristen prefers the filet. I'm a strip nice. kind of girl. So yeah, we enjoy, enjoy a good steak out back. That's that's a perfect answer to me. That is a perfect answer. And, and you know, and Greg has it pulled up on his computer right now. Please. I was just making sure that I got her Twitter account right when we said it, but then I saw this video. Well, go ahead and shout out Coach's Twitter first because then I want to bring up that video. All right, if you're not following G underscore Bog, two Gs, actually three Gs. I like that. G underscore B-O-G-G. Yeah. No, I'm saying three in the hole. Oh, the three. Yeah. Two consecutive. Two consecutive. Right. If you're not following that on Twitter, you are missing out because there is just from like the last win over St. Francis, the back of the bus is just, we're singing, we're having fun. And there's stuff like that all the time on there. Well, and it's great content also with the overall department, you know, a Mammoth team can't win. It seems without a couple of shout outs, right? President Leahy's one, but Coach Bahagas and her staff are right behind that as well. Uh, the throwback song in the video, I was shocked that <laughs> that many student athletes yeah. knew, a th- as a fan of throwbacks, I was shocked that that many of them knew it. That's impressive. Okay, here's what's the scary, humbling part of this whole thing, right? Their parents are our age. That's a good mm-hmm. point. Good I point. <laughs> so it makes perfect sense. Now, these are their oldies. Just like we would be doo and right? What our parents, <laughs> right, right. John Mellencamp, and like all right, 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 right. whoever our parents listen to, uh, Reba McIntyre, shout out Reba. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> like that's we, are, their parents are our age now, and these you know awesome eighteen to twenty two year olds just love. Yeah, you know, we love to have fun, and I am the first to admit I am fiercely competitive, um, a stickler for the details, really hard on them because I love them and I want them to to be their best. But when the ball's not bouncing, like, this is a time to create memories. And before cell phones, of course, I remember sitting on the bus with Tamisha the Dawkins and Lauren McGahee playing hours and hours of cards. We would play spades for days an hour from the south. But, you know, it's just those are the memories that I remember. And, of course, the big wins and the tragic losses and all of those things. But just the memories that we made as teammates, um, that's what I want these women to have when they leave here. Well, Coach, I I know Greg and I were so – excited to have this conversation but we're so grateful for the time you know this is the busiest time in a very busy person's life right as you're leading this program in your first year and off to such a great start we really appreciate uh, and look forward to doing this with you a whole bunch thank you so much for joining us this is a great platform thank you so much for having me and and showcasing our program and just want to invite everybody out to our game on january 1st we would love to have you there for the support um but yeah fly hawks great day to be a hawk (laughs) Thanks, Coach. We really appreciate it. And and I think people, you know, obviously we have a lot of men's basketball fans. I think I'm hearing a lot of chatter. People saying, hey, wait a minute. Let's pay attention to this women's team, too. I, I've heard it. It's not. It's just Mammoth basketball. And it's a great men's and women's program that combined to form this. And again, like Greg just said, Coach, we're going to have a lot of fun watching you and this team go on their journey. Thank you. Quick shout out to uh, Coach Rice and his staff for their unbelievable support in this transition. And and that's, you know, again, I, I couldn't be more grateful for our leadership from, from Dr. Leahy to Mr. Stapleton to Jen Tetsavero and, and then the relationships that I have with my peers here. I'm so blessed. So thank you guys. We're so thankful for Ginny Bogus for joining us on this episode of Hawk Talk. You know, Greg, you and I get to work with Coach day in and day out, and that's where you see how great she really is. Yes, on the sidelines, the fans get to see it, but every day in the office, passing in the hallway, that that's where her and her staff really um, show the kind of people that they are. She's awesome, and they fit right in. Like I really meant that when we when we talked about how it's intimidating to come to a place like Mammoth, where everybody's been here so long, and. Um, they've done a really good job of just kind of meshing in, and it's obvious that the student athletes really like playing for. And uh, we didn't get into her recruiting class; I would have liked to, but I know she's really excited about some of the the student athletes that she has committed to come to Monmouth uh, next year. So, looks like the program's on a rise, and I'm really excited for hoop season. But 
well, that means we're going to have to catch up with coach again at a later time. And, and if you want to do that as well, you'll see it. It'll be on a variety of our social media uh, outlets as well. Make sure you're following the Monmouth women's basketball program on Twitter, on Instagram, as well as the athletics accounts. Uh, you know, we've got a lot of great things going on around the department and we mentioned it in the intro, but if you want to make sure that you don't miss coach Bogus in this women's basketball team, as well as coach rice and the men's team, uh, make sure that you visit mammothhawks.com slash tickets. There's a couple of great promotions being run Right now, uh, there's discounted $10 tickets available to the, some of these men's games over break. Make sure you do not miss that. And our March to Atlantic City jackpot is still running now. It's one of the really only ways you can ensure lower-level men's tickets if you're not a season ticket holder. And also enters you in a contest. Each packet, each ticket package purchased enters you into a chance to win MAC tournament tickets. So if you want to hang out with Greg and I in Atlantic City, that's the best way to do that. Yeah, definitely, and uh, I'm just hoping I'm able to go down there the whole time and I don't get yelled at, but um, should be good to go. Uh, yeah, that it's our three marquee games at home, right? For both the men and the women, For both correct. the men and the women, and you get the same seat every time. You get a good lower-level seat. It's a cheap price to bring your family out to. It just is a no-brainer. You get three nights to bring your family, bring your kids uh, it's a it's a really good atmosphere and and take it from somebody who goes to a lot of sporting events, uh, a great bang for your buck. So it's definitely that that march to Atlantic City uh, is a great promotion and and I'm really excited that uh, that you guys and and Kelly Valentine and and the ticket the ticket office were, were thinking about ways to fill the building while giving a good value and getting people juiced. It's three games for the price of two for both the men and the women, like Greg mentioned. Lower level. They're spaced out, too. They're not in a row. You know, it's hard for families to come to two, three yeah. games in a row. We understand that. You have your own events and your own things going on. So these are spaced out a little bit. Again, each package uh, that's purchased enters you into a chance to win MAC tournament tickets. And if you're a season ticket holder, you're already entered into that same drawing. So if you have four season tickets, you have, you have four, four entries. Just yeah. more chances to win MAC tournament tickets. Got to be in to win it. Got it. Exactly. It, it was a pleasure to catch up with Coach. And, you know, Greg, I, I know we've got some really great conversations coming up on our next few episodes of Hawk Talk. Excited to keep this going man and and i know that our uh, listeners and our fans are just excited to hear from the personalities that make up uh, what is this extended mammoth hawks family it's a lot of fun and we plan on doing it every week no break don't miss subscribe rate review we appreciate you checking out this episode of hawk talk This has been a production of the Monmouth Digital Network. Hawk Talk is available on all major podcast distribution sites, including Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Audible, Pandora, and more. All rights reserved.